Hey guys, what's going on? It's your host, your boy George McKay, and I'm here again live on location at Demand Lucha. It's one of my favorite promotions, and I'm sitting down with one of my favorite indie darlings. That's right, I, I, I actually discovered you. Well, actually, I should make the introduction first. Jordan Oliver, ladies and gentlemen. So I actually discovered you on MLW. Yes. I started an MLW side podcast called the MLW Rewind. Yes. Me and my partner have been going strong for two years now. And you were one of the first people that attracted us to everything about the MLW product. Really? You, Myron Reed, that whole faction you guys had was incredible. We came in when um, you guys, it was during the pandemic. Yes. So you guys were doing the kind of the closed set recordings and stuff yes. like that. And you were putting on the weight, you were putting on the size and you cut that just insane 12 second promo in the middle of the ring when you were like, for two, I want that fucking title. And I was like, well, he wants the fucking title. I think we should give him the fucking title. That's yes. what I think. And you guys went on to have one hell of a match. Now, I'll be honest with you. I didn't know how you were going to fare in a match with a guy like Jacob for two sides. Yeah. It didn't go your way, but you showed and proved. But I guess my first question is, what was your MLW experience like for the time that you were there? And why did you choose or why was it kind of uh, you didn't decide to continue on there and decided to go back on the indies? Yes. So... I love to hear that. That's so awesome. I fought really, 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 really hard during that whole pandemic era to get that match with Jacob. So that's really cool. Uh, but I think for me, the MLW experience was good. It was overall good. The issues that were there are, I love the indies. I love wrestling for Game Changer Wrestling. I love wrestling for promotions like The Man Lucha. I don't have any aspirations to wrestle outside of the independence. This is where I belong, this is what I love to do, and uh, yeah, that's, that's why. But the MLW thing was so awesome, I learned so much. I got to be around so many great minds, like Loki, Savio Vega, even Court Bauer. These guys are geniuses, and they helped me go from maybe here to here, so. I would absolutely agree with that. We actually coined, we nicknamed uh, Court Bauer the mad genius of pro wrestling. Because his storytelling is old school, yet new school and it ties in everything when you, you don't you necessarily may not want to cheer for that person you end up cheering for them because you just want you just want to see something special and i felt like especially during the pandemic era i feel that mlw was the only company that was really putting out the strongest product in my opinion yes. and a lot of stories were developed a lot of characters got to shine yes. and everyone considering the roster is so tight-knit everyone got their moments in the sun and that's very hard for a lot of promotions to do we were so lucky I would say me. I was so lucky to be a part of MLW at that time because they would hit us up and they would say, hey, can you guys please do these videos and these promos and not really give us direction or whatever. And I was very lucky too. I'm young. I'm 23. But at that time, I signed to MLW 18 years old. So Court Bauer gave me so much control in the, the Injustice character and the stories and these promos. All of that written by me. Everything Injustice did by me, Myron, Snoop. Yeah, little little input, little direction, but mostly we wrote all of our own stuff. So during that pandemic time when they're asking us, do promos, do promos, no one's doing them. It's just me, me, Myron, Mander, whoever, you know, whoever they had, whatever. And I just started cutting these promos. Like, let me wrestle for the belt, let me wrestle for the belt. And I literally gave them no shot, no chance, but developed me into a main eventer. And they did. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, now Jacob for two. He's a beast. Oh, he, he hits different on so many different levels. When you're in the ring with Jacob Fatu, how do you wake up the next morning? Serious question. <laughs> Seriously? Uh, 
It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. So he, Jacob takes care of you when you're the right. I would I would say a little bit. Yeah, that that moon salt that sucks. The Samoan <laughs> drop that sucks. But uh, honestly, like Jacob's one of my brothers. Yeah, we're we are so tight. We are so close that. I think maybe that night he went a little easier on me than other guys. Yeah, I would say so. I would say so. But you know what? You put on the size, you put on the weight, and everything started to kind of click. Yes. And we started to see, again, Jordan Oliver being so young. And that was one of the things we talked about in MLW is like, you know, you just got to wait. You got to wait. When we talked on the rewind, you got to wait. He's just getting there. He's just getting there. He's hitting his stride. And then all of a sudden, something just clicked. Yes. What do you think was that? I, I, t I steal this from an indie wrestler up here, Holden Albright, I shout him out all the time. We call them level up moments. Yeah, yeah. So when do you think Jordan Oliver, what moment do you think was the moment that Jordan Oliver leveled up in his MLW run? So the pandemic happens. Right before the pandemic, we're just picking up buzz, right? We're doing, we did a me, Myron, and Snoop first, the Los Hinetas for the AAA Tag Team Champions. Vikingo's on that. So many, great match, great, uh, you know, great match to have for us. And then everything stops. Everything stops. All of wrestling Momentum stops. Dead. Completely dead. But GCW, they had one more show uh, called the Acid Cup 2. And it was like a live stream show. And I had three, I made it to the semifinals. Blake Christian, uh, one of my tag partners, and then Nick Gage. And I pinned Nick Gage. And at that, at that, after that tournament, people started like taking me a little more seriously. Oh, like maybe, maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe Jordan isn't ass. Maybe he does have some potential here. And then right after that, we start doing these promos for MLW. And I think as weird as it is, the promos are what got me to the next level in MLW. I think they started going like, oh, damn. He's not just like a wrestler. Like he can talk too. And not that I'm the greatest talker, but... But, you know, I was trying my best. Right. But when you're given that creative freedom to say, listen, we need you to hit these points. Yeah. I don't care how you get there. Just hit them. Yeah. Absolutely. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. So I could say whatever I want from here to here, hit this note. And then I could say whatever I want from here to here to get to where you need me to go. Yeah. No problem. So I feel like when you have that, I feel like when a wrestler has that creative freedom, yeah. excelling at that point is seamless. It's yeah. very easy when you have that freedom. When, when the company comes to you and says, hey, we trust you. Yeah. Get us to where you need us to get, but we trust you. Yes, and, and that trust motivated me to understand who I am, which a lot of young wrestlers have this issue. Who am I? What am I going to do? What do I say? What do I talk? Uh, at that point, and the, the Injustice character, I completely understood it. There was no, like, what would we say? What would we do? Like, no, I know. These are my characters. These are Myron's characters. These are Snoop's characters. This is the direction that we need to go in. And, of course, Court Bauer and... MSL and all these guys at MLW were like, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> it was just that easy. Yeah, yeah, no problem. That sounds, that, that's good. You want to go for a chicken taco or that's what it sounds like? Yeah. yeah. So Myron Reed and you, yes. middleweight, title belt, aspirations could have happened at any moment. Yeah. Never did. Nope. Now that Myron's kind of a free agent, back on the indies a little bit more freer than he was with the MLW contract, yeah. could we potentially see... The dream match that a lot of MLW fans wanted but never got. Nobody wanted Injustice to break up, yeah. but we wanted to see who really was the top dog in Injustice. And I don't feel, I feel like that's one storyline that MLW fans never got to see. Honestly, I hadn't thought about it until right now, but yeah, huge missed opportunity. Holy shit. Me versus Myron Reed on MLW for the middleweight would have been, would have been incredible. I think now that we're ba that he's back doing more indies and stuff, we'll probably wrestle a few times. Just because of what you say right now, now that I'm thinking about it, I think people will probably think the same thing. 
That's what your boy does. He thinks he thinks the great things. I have a wrestling mind. I can I could do things. I could book some stuff. I could book stuff. Honestly, I believe you. I think out of all the interviews I talked to, these questions, these things that you're saying to me are very like uh like oh yeah, like I know you're <laughs> you're actually know what you're talking about. Well, you know what that coming from you, that's huge <laughs> yeah. to me. Let's talk about GCW. Let's switch gears for a second. GCW, you love wrestling for GCW. You've had some insane matches. Like you said, you pinned Nick Gage, arguably one of the most psychotic men to ever step in a ring. Yeah. Now, when you're working through the inner workings of a match with Nick Gage, and again, everybody knows Kayfabe, the curtain's already been pulled back 50,000 times over. How does working a match with Nick Gage go? Does he just come up and say, hit me with this, 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 and this, then I'm going to fuck you up, and then you can pin me? Uh, <laughs> sort of, no. <laughs> me, uh, me and Nick Gage, uh, we are, that's my best friend. He is my second best friend in the entire planet. We go to the gym every day together. We walk two hours to the gym there and back, uh, but not at this time when I wrestled him for this match. So it was weird, yeah, because he's like if you know him as Nick Gage, then like he's always like that, like in the back, whatever, like what you see in the ring, like he's always like that at the shows. So Nick Gage, there's no kayfabe with Nick Gage. He keeps a 100 everywhere he goes. Yes, yes, but if you know him, then he he opens up and he's a little different, of course. So. For that match specifically, I can't remember how uh, how brutal it was, but I remember there there's one point in the match where he's like, "Yeah, I think you're gonna have to take barbed wire, bro. I think you're gonna have to take the barbed wire, bro." And I'm like, "No, I don't know. I never taken barbed wire." And he's like, "Nah, bro, it's fine. Don't worry, bro. I got you." Oh yeah, it just feels like an average day. It's nothing, bro. It's nothing, and it was fine, but <laughs> it sucked. But yeah, that was the only that's the only thing I can remember from the match that was like Nick Gage being like. All right, dude, we're doing... <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> this is what the fuck is happening. You're going to go, I'm going to body slam you on the barbed wire, and that's that. And you're going to enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah. And then we'll go for chicken tacos. Yeah, I chicken keep saying tacos. chicken tacos because it's a great taco spot up the street, Gus's. you got to check it out. You have to, 100%. So now let's talk about... Uh, the changing of the guard in pro wrestling. There was a lot of things that came out of the pandemic, especially the speaking out movement, where a lot of wrestlers got kind of brought to the attention of what they were doing behind the scenes. Locker rooms got cleaned up. Everybody kind of became a united front. Yeah. Then AEW happened. Yes. And it kind of changed the landscape because it gave WWE some very serious competition. Yeah. Now, I know you say you love the indies, and I know you say you love GCW, but given the right opportunity, the right booking, the right storytelling, the right everything for Jordan Oliver to shine, would you consider a short-term NXT or even AEW run if everything was booked to the way you feel would be great for Jordan Oliver, the character, not the man? Yes. Um, I Right now, because I'm tag team partners with Nick Wayne, he's currently signed to AEW, debuting on AEW, what, July 14th in his yeah, first right, match. Pretty much right after school, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right, you graduate and here you go, son. Ju uh, July 10th is his 18th birthday. July 14th is his, his debut on TV. Uh, so I would sign with MLW, or not MLW, <laughs> AEW to team with Nick more because that's, again, someone that I'm so close with, and I feel like we have so much potential to be like a, a, a legendary tag team. Um, I, I've got the wheels turning in my head right yeah. now. You guys versus FTR? Yes. Us versus Come the on. Young Bucks, the Young Bucks? Holy shit. That's money-making right there. Yeah. Even if even if Hangman and Omega reunited for one night, come on. Me and Wayne always talk about us versus the Golden Lovers. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess that seems like the best path right now. But but uh, I'm I am really I do love the Indies. My main goal, like in professional wrestling, is to be the best ever. <laughs> so to do these things, to be considered one of the best ever, you have to go to WWE. You have to go to AEW. You have to do New Japan. You have to win championships. You have to do these things. So. Whatever the case may be, like, 
if AEW was to offer tag stuff with Wayne, then I would probably sign in a heartbeat. If WWE was to offer me, like, not an NXT contract, then maybe I would take it no problem. But at this point in my indie career, I'm 23, been wrestling for eight years. I have so much time to become so much better. Even you said maybe that Fatsu match was two, three years ago, and I was just getting good, you know? Now, you just hit your stride. Yes. I wouldn't say you were just getting good. I think that's a dishonest to you. Sure. You were already great. I think that Fatu match was a level up moment. Yes. Because like I said, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Now, again, that match didn't go your way. Sure, yeah. But there were some moments in there where I was like, holy shit, is Jordan Oliver going to steal this one? There was a couple moments. <laughs> I fucking wish. Um, no, but, but so, yeah, I, was, I started figuring it out around that time. And then I met guys like Mike Bailey and Alex Shelley. And these guys take me from, like, a level six to what I believe is, like, a level eight, you know? And, again, I'm 23. Been wrestling for eight years, seven years. By the time I'm 25, who knows where I'll be at, how good I'll be. If, if I'll be even able to wrestle because I go so hard, I put my body so hard on the line. But, uh, yeah, I'm not in a rush. I think that's the main point. I'm not in a rush. That actually brings me up to a great point. Do you think that all the wrestlers nowadays, everybody's going hard because everybody's trying to go out there and show and prove? It's not so much getting over. I mean, you obviously want to get over, but you want to show and prove every time why you're on that card, why you're there, why people should pay their hard-earned money, especially in a world of inflation, why we should do these things now. Yes. Do you ever feel like a lot of times that's underappreciated in wrestling how hard the wrestlers go it doesn't matter if there's five seats in the ring or if it's a packed stadium do you feel like still even though you're giving it all for five people that the fans in the audience may not appreciate you appreciate the art form as much as they should i definitely think there's some fans like that that will you know we'll have five people in the audience and they paid for this show and now they don't make any sound or whatever but i will in, in my personal opinion i think that no matter what, what the case is, like, wrestling is sacred, you know? Like, wrestling is, is, is so special that no matter if the, if the fans are five or three or a thousand and you just try your best to show that, like, hey, look, like, I don't know, this is what I love, then it won't even matter if they appreciate it. Because I love wrestling so much that during the pandemic, a lot of us wrestling in front of nobody for no reason <laughs> just just to wrestle so i don't i don't know if it's underappreciated but i think i think what is underappreciated is the the full effort that it takes not just like, like showing up to the not just like wrestling you know there's so much more today i i got up at two in the morning i got on a plane i flew here i have slept only three hours on the plane now i'm here i'm gonna wrestle in a few hours and then i have to go to indiana and then from Indiana, I have to go to another Indiana show. And from there, I have to go to Atlanta. And from there, I go home. And then the next week, it's the same thing. You know, another four days traveling the whole time. I think those are the parts that the fans don't appreciate as much. Is, is the amount of work it takes to actually get somebody there for this 15 or this 20-minute match. Yeah. I see that. I see that. Now, <clears throat> GCW, groundbreaking in almost everything it does. Now, GCW has the second woman to be representing a heavyweight championship, yeah. Masha Slamovich. What a dangerous girl. And I remember when I asked her, I go, where did Slamovich come from? She's like, because it was as close as I could get to slam a bitch. Yeah. And I was like, that's amazing. Uh, Masha's a great friend of the show. Shout out to Masha, we love you. Everything you're doing in Impact, everything you're doing at JC, GCW, just killing it. But do you think there are more promotions out there that should take the suit of Impact? 
with Tessa Blanchard of GCW with Masha Slamovich, and we should be having more of these intergender matches because women, a lot of them can go sometimes better than most of the guys, and that's and that's not me being that's true. cliche. That's me just being honest. Right now, we are in the boom period of women, not just wrestling, not just sports, not no the world. <laughs> right now, the last five years, women have like taken over, <laughs> and that's awesome. I think the only issue with uh, a women champion, like, a, so Impact's a great example for this. I always talk about it to my friends. Never said it on a podcast. <laughs> breaking news. Breaking news. Um, I think it's really weird to have a women's championship and a heavyweight title that is intergender. I think if the women's belt's there, that's, like, the women's heavyweight championship. And the men have their heavyweight championship. Okay, I see what you're in saying. In Impact specifically. So it's, it's a little, like, blurred lines because why wouldn't... Taya Valkyrie just wrestle for the world title. Why even go for the women's championship? I, get, I, I see what you're saying. So why have the knockouts title yeah. if they, some of them can go for that world heavyweight title? Like Jordan Grace is an obvious contender for that title. Yes, just make it a, why, why have her even bother going for the knockout? Have her stare Josh Alexander down yes. and just go. It's a waste of her time as a character, I think, to go for that lesser belt. Not, not that it is lesser but it is obviously because there's no because that's the peak of where she can go yes. and if she goes here it's like well what do i need to go here for i can just go here totally uh, but at gcw we don't have a women's championship the world title is just a intergender world title if so, you're the toughest motherfucker in the building then you're going for that and shit. that's gender neutral motherfucker is gender neutral yeah. if you're the toughest motherfucker in the building then that's all that matters exactly and masha is we share a birthday june 18th and she is one of my best friends in in wrestling and she is legit the toughest motherfucker she in is, the building for real <laughs> she will beat the shit out of you she always gives it her all she puts in the time she puts in the effort and this is why she's our champion so i do agree that more promotions should do this but i think if they do then maybe no women's championship just make the world title for anyone on the roster world title that's yeah. it if not men's world heavyweight not women's world heavyweight heavyweight championship if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. I like that. I like that. This is awesome. Fantastic. One more question. I'll let you go prepare. When it comes down to Jordan Oliver, again, being only 23, wrestling for eight years, you've been wrestling for eight years. I've been podcasting for eight years. I've got married to a I, – I punched above my weight, Jordan. I'll be honest with you. My wife is drop-dead gorgeous. I don't know how I got her. I love you, honey. Always remember that. But uh, And I have two blessed with two beautiful daughters. I'm a proud girl dad. And uh, when it comes to, I guess, leaving a legacy, I want my daughters to know that even though I didn't get a chance to chase everything in my dream, I chased this and to have conversations with individuals like yourself. These are what keep me podcasting. Yeah. When somebody's gracious enough to give me the time because of the reputation that I have and because of the connections that I've built. Yeah. But when it comes to the legacy of Jordan Oliver, and the fact that you're still so ridiculously young, it's yeah. incredible. You're 23, I'm almost 40. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, do I look 40? No, 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 I would say like 30 if, if, if I'm like being honest. Yeah, that, he just shot up top five wrestlers for me right now and just shot up with that compliment. But looking the fact that you have so much more time compared to where I am in my life, what is the one thing that you want to, when all the dust settles and Jordan Oliver is 60 years old and he's sitting on some porch, maybe chewing tobacco, whittling wood, whatever Jordan Oliver wants to do in his downtime. Smoking a blunt, that's cool too. It's, it's legal everywhere, especially here in Canada. If you, if you got him, smoke him. But the fact is, what would be the legacy that you would like to leave behind? What would be the one thing that you would like fans to remember about Jordan Oliver when Jordan Oliver's time is done? I want, when I'm done wrestling, at when I die in the ring at 100 years old, <laughs> I want the fans to remember that... Uh, that I try my best every single shot. But I want the boys 
to know that I tried my best to make sure that they got better. I put a lot of effort into the talent that's younger than myself, and I really, really, really care about making the indies better. I, I dress up every show, I wear the suits, I do these things. Not you just, look fantastic, by the way, and thank it's very you. easy for you. Not to just make myself look good. I don't give a fuck about me. I'm doing stuff like this to bring the indies up. I really, really feel like people look at us as a joke and not as serious. You know, when they show up, we have all the wrestlers are wearing sweatpants or not giving a fuck. I want people to come to these shows and see, like, no, like, this, this is pro wrestling. And because of me, I want to bring that up. That's what I want. I want people to understand that I brought indie wrestling up. By the time I'm done, that's my goal. I think that's completely obtainable. Jordan Oliver, I want to thank you so much for the time and let you know that you're now officially a member of the Straight Talk family, man. Anytime you want to chop it up, we'll do it. Now, do me a favor. Look in the camera. Give me that Jordan Oliver intensity and tell him you just had a kick-ass conversation with your boy and that they should subscribe because this conversation was hella fun. Hey, you just watched this lit-ass podcast, me and my boy right here. You got to subscribe. If you don't subscribe, then you'll be stupid. But if you do subscribe, then you'll be young, dumb, young, dumb, young, dumb, and broke. <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for this one. Peace, love, and wrestling. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week for another great episode on all available podcast platforms and hosted on Podbean. Also, check us out on YouTube at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Instagram at Straight Talk Wrestling, on Facebook at Straight Talk Wrestling, and on Twitter at underscore Straight Talk. And if you feel the need to buy some sweet merch, check us out on ProWrestlingTees.com. Leaving the scene with no trace. Not in my league. You out of place. I'm not at the top. I'm out of space. Can't eat with us. We're out of place. I'm doing fine. I'm feeling great. You're not my fan. You can't relate. Straight talk going. Stay